Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, probably won't come as a surprise to you. There's a, a lot of concern around uh, the federal government's bill C-69. The overhaul of the um, review process for major resource projects. And it's not exclusive to, to um, oil and gas, for example. I mean, a new uh, nuclear plant. I mean, this, so it changes all of that. So it, it's, it has some really far-reaching effects. But there's been a lot of concern raised about how high the bar is being set. And the concern then that would be even more difficult than it is right now to get major projects built. And that that could have some dire economic consequences for the entire country. Now, Bill C-69 is currently before the Senate. Uh, Senate committee is, uh, in fact, set to hold some hearings across the country to gather more feedback on this. And uh, it looks likely that the Senate is going to propose some changes, perhaps significant changes, to Bill C-69. So can it be improved? Does it need to be improved? And if so, how? Or maybe do we need to start from the drawing board? New report out today from the C.D. Howe Institute warns that Bill C-69, as it stands could further depress investment in the natural resources sector and delay projects by unnecessarily exposing them to political risk. So what are the problems with the legislation? How do we fix them? You can read this report for yourself at cdhow.org. But joining us on the line is Grant Bishop, Associate Director of Research at the C.D. Howe Institute. Grant, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Rob. Great to be on. Uh, now, the government's trying to argue that, th- that this, you know, the implications of all of this are not as serious as, as some are saying. It's a, a change to the re- review process. I mean, we have a re- review process now, but but how significant are these changes yeah. in your view? Uh, these are major changes that the federal government is provo- proposing, and we recognize that folks are worried and that tensions are high around this. Uh, my co-author and I, Grant Sprague, former Deputy Minister of Energy in Alberta, wrote this report to add some detail and and some data to the conversation, point out all the present context and point out the risks to future investment in our resources sector um, that this legislation represents. And as you say, it it, it does um, pose the possibility of increasing political risk, uh, blowout timelines, um, you know, strike proponents um, with uh, with great questions about putting forward new projects. Um, yeah. Well, it, yeah, I mean, there, there's a whole lot of uncertainty at the moment, too. I mean, with this, this legislation looming and what it might mean. So what's been the impact right now? What, what have yeah. we seen over the last couple of years in terms of yeah. investment? Yeah, exactly. And, and first, I mean, we, we point out the current context in which we're playing. Uh, we have seen that plunge in annual capital investment in the energy and mining sectors. Uh, we're $50 billion lower in 2018 uh, in, in, cap- in annual capital investment um, than we were in 2014. That's about 20% of all capital investment in Canada, that, that plunge of $50 billion we've seen. But, I mean, the, the real danger is on the horizon. Uh, between 2017 and 2018, the, the uh, inventory of planned capital projects across uh, energy and mining plunged by $100 billion. That is, there are $100 billion fewer projects uh, planned out there than there were a year ago. That's equivalent to about 4.5% of all of Canada's output. 
That's not going to hit in a year that that plunge of 100 billion, but it it is a um, it's a major downdraft to what's going to be uh, spent in building new stuff for energy uh, and in mining. How, you know, there's obviously a lot of factors that that have contributed to all of that. What what stand out yeah, to you but, though? Yeah, no, and and you know, fair to point out that there has been a cyclical or commodity downturn uh, affecting both the energy and, and mining sectors globally. Uh, but uh, upstream oil and gas investment uh, has rebounded since 2016 globally and in the United States. While in Canada, it has continued to plunge. Um, you know, that, folks will say that. Uh, there maybe is a higher cost structure to, say, oil sands projects. I think data is that uh, oil sands operators rapidly brought down operating costs and full cycle capital costs to be competitive. But, but of course, they face market access issues related to uh, the, the uncertainty getting uh, pipelines built, the, the uh, failures by government to... Um, to, to do what is necessary to get those projects through part of the uncertainty facing um, you know that that specific infrastructure and the broader energy sector in Canada presently. So I mean as it stands, C sixty nine then could potentially make all of this worse, but I guess that that's not to say that rewriting C sixty nine makes all these other problems go away. Well yeah, and I mean in the report we outline uh, what what good environmental or impact assessment uh, will do well, and, and where Bill C sixty nine falls short. Um, I mean, we we, po- we po- point out the significant changes that it's making, the significant risks, therefore, that it poses to proponents, developers of projects. And you know, the foremost of this is that it cr- creates a highly subjective public interest um, decision by politicians, uh, the Environment Canada uh, Climate Change Minister, or Cabinet, potentially for every project that falls within its its, uh, scope. I mean, right now you have a a division between a science-based, expert-led, independent assessment of the environmental effects, and only if you trip a, a, a threshold of significance, it's found by that independent process, does it effectively come to a politician to make a decision to weigh the balance? But Bill C-69 takes that away and potentially subjects any project with any adverse effects um, to political decision-making. It takes away that significant threshold for agencies like the Canadian Nuclear Safety Commission or um, National Energy Board or the Canadian Environmental Assessment Agency to make a determination whether the environmental effects are significant or not before it goes to political review. And that's going to create a lot of uncertainty for proponents. I mean, the the uh, change up in political decision making that we or plain change up in the determination we saw, say, on Northern Gateway uh, re- uh, represents the kind of risk that now anyone looking at doing a project is going to say, hey, I, I'm going to face uh, depending on who the government of the day is. That it be, yeah, right. So then it becomes a situation where it's not worth it yeah. to move forward. Uh, yeah, and that, that's what we point out as well, that um, blowing out timelines and increasing uh, the risk of uh, perceived risk of rejection 
um, increasing the costs of review has the potential to discourage what what you want as desirable projects. People are just not going to step up to the plate and propose things if there's a uh, risk of a, an upfront investment and, and the project not going through. I mean, this goes as well to all the factors that the government has additionally crammed into the assessment um, under C-69. Um, you know, these, these are poorly defined, uh, and, and many commentators, including the Canadian Bar Association, the group of lawyers that, you know, will be on other side of, of many uh, disputes around environmental assessments. I mean, they, they, they are scratching their heads at, at what some of these factors mean and how they can be consistently applied. And more than that, we're, we're crowding in uh, along, you know, certain factors that point to, say, climate change, bringing that into environmental assessments, bringing broader policy debates into um, a process that should be project-specific, uh, that shouldn't uh, put um, big concerns of policy, big debates, political issues on the, the, the plate of, of individual project proponent. What do you say, though, uh, to the argument that it's important to have a meaningful review process that everybody's going to accept as legitimate. That if we have a process that's seen as, as too weak, that too many people aren't going to accept the outcome. Well, so in our report, we underscore what good environmental assessment looks like. And it starts with good science by independent experts uh, with technical expertise that know what they're doing. Um, that, that said, there is a critical role for directly affected stakeholders in any process. Um, you, you need to know how a project is going to affect people and what the value of those effects are going to be in their lives. That, that's critical. Um, but, but that's what's in uh, the current Canadian Environmental Assessment Act, a, a test for it's called standing, who gets to participate in a process that links it to folks that have expertise, folks that are directly affected. An additional problem with Bill C-69 is it doesn't prescribe any test for who gets to participate. And, you know, you hear from a lot of uh, potentially affected stakeholders, including Indigenous peoples that, that uh, live right by projects, that um, the lack of any test to apply by by the, the agency who's going to apply it for uh, determining who gets to come into hearings um, is going to crowd out the people that are, are directly affected by uh, by these projects. I mean, uh, thousands of applications came in to participate in Trans Mountain uh, expansion review or, or the Energy East review, and the National Energy Board uh, cut those down to hundreds uh, of, of relevant submissions within the scope of the project review and, and folks that brought um, knowledge or, or dire- were directly affected by the process. Um, but, but you can't open these project-specific reviews up to uh, folks that have a political aim and something they want to bring in that's, that's irrelevant to the process. Um, and, and, and courts have applied that directly affected test to affirm the ability of regulatory agencies to, to manage their process in just this way. It, it's worrisome, I think, there. therefore, that there's not going to be such limitation um, in, in the process prescribed under Bill C-69 really risks blowing out timelines. So can C-69 be sufficiently altered, or, or do we need to start from the drawing board here? 
It's a good question. And, uh, you know, I, I think if you're hearing concerns from the mining industry, um, you know, they, they have a lot of legitimate concerns about the present review process. And, and they're, um, they're actually in number, uh, the bulk of environmental assessments that come under this, uh, this federal uh, environmental assessment process, which is, I'll just say, kind of strange because they are provincially uh, regulated. Um, it, it is only certain aspects of a, a mining project that would trip into the federal jurisdiction. Um, but, um, y- y- you know, th- there are good things in Bill C-69, for example, requirements to give reasons when there's a political decision made, um, the early planning phase, which is kind of a bulked up version of what exists under the current legislation. But what we point to are these aspects um, like the you know, significant threshold, the poorly defined factors uh, that include bringing in pro- broad policy concerns, the standing test. And, and those really need to be addressed before I think project proponents can have faith in, um, in what the government would do on the other side of this. I mean, there are also a lot of unanswered questions about this legislation, and it's, it's problematic that government is, is looking to pass it and then kick a bunch to, to regulation and policy guidance that they, they say is going to come after. Um, there's a lot of that stuff that they should be specifying in the act if that, that's their intention um, to, to interpret a particular provision a particular way. Uh, that, that can be for legislation, not for you know, things that they can uh, have, have more discretion over after the fact. Uh, there's a bit of a sort of trust us and, and let's see in this act presently, and that really needs to be reined in. Um, what's great is that the Senate is deep into the weeds on this. Um, they are engaging widely. They are um, they're very knowledgeable. The Senate is doing, um, in the Canadian constitutional structure, what the Senate was intended to do. Um, and, and I think you're going to see them propose thoughtful amendments to the legislation that will um, will make it better. We'll see whether uh, the ultimate package that we come out with is one that um, is going to enhance um, rather than curtail investment in our in our energy sector. Well, this report's called A Crisis of Our Own Making, Prospects for Major Natural Resource Projects in Canada. It's online at cdhow.org. Grant, thank you so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.